All right, guys, welcome back to Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Bubba, with me as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We're back here to make our picks for week three in the 2023 NFL season. And Dylan, I know we didn't circle back around on our picks, uh, only doing one episode this week, but I assume you won again, um, as I don't think I've gotten off to a great start in our picks this year. But I'm going to tell you right now, this is the week. Week three, you get a couple games of data. This is the week that I turn things around in our contest. Yeah, I think we're I think we're even actually last week at least. Oh, uh, wow. Still still got the still got the edge on you in week one, but we had um, I think pretty close picks together, which sometimes happens with us. Um, I think we each split. Like I, I had the Chiefs beating the the Jags, and you got me on one other game, the the Dolphins beating the Pats. So. Uh, with our two, we took our upsets. Both didn't capitalize. Based, mm. uh, but yeah, it was kind of a wild week, as we know. The early, based on our at least the last season, uh, as the season goes on, as we learn more about teams, uh, our picks tend to get better, just as the spreads tend to get better. Also, in Vegas, as they learn more about teams, so we're still taking in some intel and trying to learn as much as we can about these teams and seeing. All right, is this our right, week one? Is it a fluke? But now it's been two weeks. There are trends, but are they going to stay beyond that? We'll. Still kind of in the early going, so I think we did okay last week. I think we went ten and six each, but hmm. uh, still not. Uh, you know, we like to be up there in the in the higher teens than that. Yeah, we we prefer that. So I, I think this week we got a good shot because I don't know. Some of these are really close call type games, but there are others that um, I would be stunned if uh, these things go to the underdog. But we start as always with our game of the week. We'll get to our betting locks, upsets, and quick picks for the rest of the games after that but game of the week dylan let's hope that this one is more entertaining than the game we picked as the game of the week last week the chiefs and the jags was that one last week didn't wind up being the offensive shootout that we all expected but i think this one will be and that is uh, a battle i think it's the first time ever dylan we've done this my guess throughout the history of this podcast our game of the week (laughs) features two teams that have yet to win a game and we are past week two and that is the los angeles chargers and the minnesota vikings uh, they are going to play in Minnesota. This game right now, I have been following this in terms of figuring out if I'm going to bet it. This thing has been going back and forth so much where I'm like, I don't know which direction this line's going to wind up in. So I'm thinking I'm just going to wait until right before the game to bet it if I'm going to bet it because then I'll know exactly where the line stands. I've seen the Chargers favorite. I've seen the Vikings favorite. Um, I've seen even money. Take your pick. Uh, that's where this thing is at right now. And not surprisingly, I feel like these two teams, again, are – in pretty similar spots here, that makes this a tough game to pick. I think points will uh, not be hard to find for both of these two teams against these two defenses, uh, but it's really just a matter of which team you think is better, Dylan, and to me, I still think the Chargers are the better team. Um, I felt like they had a great opportunity to win that game last week against the Titans, but did not happen. Vikings had their chances against the Eagles, but, man, this is a must-win for both of these teams. We know the stat, 0-2 teams. Uh, who you know start 0-2 the, the percentages to make the playoffs not good if you start 0-3 that percentage goes down even further so yeah. basically maybe a play-in game here for the playoffs uh, I will take the Chargers but I don't have much confidence in that yeah I think the only recent team to go 0-3 and make the playoffs was one of Deshaun's last year Deshaun Watson's last years in Houston very rare as you mentioned um i think yeah in the last since it went to the six obviously we're at seven playoff teams now but once since it went to yeah. six i think it's like 10 percent, a little under 10 around 10 percent of teams um uh, make the playoffs starting zero and two so they're already in a big hole but yeah one of these teams is gonna be in a probably insurmountable hole at least especially in the afc if the chargers lose this game 
that conference, their schedule, some of the teams they still have left to face. Compared to, the, I still think the Vikings are going to have a tough uphill battle. Um, obviously, when you start out that poorly, but yeah, it, it makes for it's an interesting week. We don't have like a lot of matchups between top contenders, um, so that usually we'd put into a game of the week. And then you have here two really fun offenses that uh, and two really bad defenses. So we're we're going for the all Madden, you know, scoring game here. Um, like you mentioned, I think yeah, Caesar still had it at even. I think uh, Fanduel had. The Vikings is a one and a half point favorite. So depending on what you're what you're looking for, uh, you can probably find a, a place to get a little bit of an edge in terms of the odds. But yeah, I, I just I, I'm picking the Chargers here. I do not feel great about it. Um, I, I think their defense has been. I mean, basically on both. You know, obviously run defense has been a problem for a couple of years, and it was again on Sunday. But it's the other side where you know Staley's defense, the Fangio style defense, with the too high and everything they've tried to put together there is to limit big plays and they just aren't doing it um, at a ridiculous rate. And I, uh, even against a team like the Titans, which isn't obviously one of the most explosive offenses we're talking about here with Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison. Um, I think finally Alexander Madison fantasy owners might have a, a better day potentially with the, the Chargers run defense against Minnesota's. I think they're going to put up points. I just think the flip side that the Chargers are as well. Um, you know, obviously not having Eckler has been an issue um, for a lot of the, uh, some of the things they want to do. I, I don't feel amazing about this, but I guess just for me, the, the char- going into the season, I had a, I felt better about what the Chargers could do. Still think that Justin Herbert's one of the best QBs in the league if he's not in the top tier with guys like Mahomes and some of the other quarterbacks we have up there. So it's been an interesting year overall, obviously, with a lot of QBs not getting off to the, the hottest of starts. He's played quite well. It hasn't really been his uh, problem uh, outside of you know the finishes, um, which I know has been a thing for the Chargers well before uh, Herbert was drafted there. Maybe I'll take them to, to get one here and drop the it'll be it's the reverse of last year where the Vikings were eleven and zero and won score games in the regular season. They could start off zero and three here. Uh, won't be shocked if that happens because I, I still think even if the Vikings put up a lot of points, the Chargers are going to as well. Yeah, I just I think the points are the the best pick here if you're looking for a game that yeah. uh, could feature the <laughs> most points this week. Maybe it's not just our game of the week game that features the most points. I think is this one given what we've seen uh, from these two teams. All right, now let's get to the serious stuff. Um, betting locks of the week. I don't even remember what they were. Oh, yes, I do, Dylan. Never mind. What am I talking about? So last week last week I started the trend. I told you, I said, as soon as the lines came out for um, the week two games, like that Sunday night after during week one, I said I, I went as fast as I could to bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Chicago Bears. And I said, I don't know what people were seeing when I saw so many people betting on the Bears going into that yep. game, uh, other than just statistical trends that were in the Bears' favor. The actual play on the field in every way, to me, favored the Bucks, And we saw that kind of play out in that one. So I am sticking with something that has worked in the past, and that is you start fading a team that you just have no confidence in, and that is the Bears because they are on the road to play the Super Bowl favorite, Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are 12 and a half points as the favorite in this game. That is a lot of points, and as we know, sometimes when the Chiefs win, they win close games, and they just kind of play around with teams, and they'll let teams hang around sometimes. Uh, and I don't know, Dylan, how many times the Chiefs actually just blow people out. Uh, it's happened, but you know that has kind of been something people yeah. talk about when you're betting on the Chiefs, which, again, we're not doing this necessarily as a betting thing, but it does kind of tie into – the conversation of, you know, hey, this is 12 and a half points. It's a lot. But to me, I mean, this defense is awful for the Bears. 
their offense. And you and I were kind of a little humored by the Justin Fields comment uh, that uh, he told reporters, I guess, on Wednesday. It was something, you know, basically asked about feeling like he was playing robotic or something like that and was asked, what you know, what was one of the reasons perhaps why that was, and his response was coaching. Um, and that's not good. So, to me, I, I don't know what the Bears do in this game, but – I think Fields probably gets a few more things in his favor, perhaps, just to try to maybe make him a little happier. But then again, I don't know. I just, you know, if you're asking me in terms of the gap between these two teams, I think it is large. So even with a 12-and-a-half point spread, I have already bet this game. And I just, you know, hey, to me this is all about how good the Chiefs are and how bad the Bears are. And I could see the Chiefs covering the spread five minutes into the game based on, you know, how good the the Bears have not looked uh, this season, so, and it's it's discouraging, yeah, to uh, you know to hear some of the things like you mentioned what Fields said, but also just about the feeling in that building. Uh, the, there's definitely uh, some disappointment and confusion, and it, it doesn't feel like it's something that you know that they weren't able to to kind of get some of these things in order in the off season. Why should we expect over the course of one week? for that to, to, to be completely solved uh, with some of the game planning and just overall, you know, the lack of obviously QB runs with, with fields, some of the plays that we talked about after the first week that, you know, you have people that have been in the league that play former players <clears throat> breaking down the film and they're unable to decipher what a team's trying to do. Obviously this week was the three straight screens on that uh, before the pick six there at the end by Tampa Bay. And then on the flip side, you have a chiefs team that as much as the offense is, had some things, uh, you know, maybe a little bit to be desired with how it's looked. Their defense is, I mean, they, they won them that game uh, point blank against the, the Jags last week, limiting uh, whenever Jacksonville got down in the red zone, not allowing them to, to punch it into the end zone. Um, obviously, Chris Jones, made a, having him back, he looked like his usual dominant self. And I just, even if the Bears have some promising players in their offensive line, it's just Andy Reid. I'm, I'm going to trust what he's going to be able to do with that team. And I think this is one where after a, a tough, hard-fought game to get back to one and one a game that some, you know, we, we talked about last week, wouldn't have been surprised if the Jags had pulled off the upset and definitely was in play there for a large swath of it. I think they're going to get back home, come together. I, I'm with you. I would, uh, you know, if, if you hadn't locked it up, would have been definitely in consideration for <laughs> myself as well. Um, I just think the Bears are I, – I need. I, it's so disappointing because, you know, before the season I did kind of pump the – you know, said pump the brakes on this team a little bit in terms of some of the playoff expectations. I still had optimism that they could be more like a six-win team than a three-win team, but nothing has uh, indicated that they're anything beyond uh, you know anything beyond what we saw a year ago. If anything, they look worse, and that is yeah. that's really concerning, um, especially as you go into this one. I think the Chiefs, yeah, go with. Uh, I, I think they're going to win by at least two touchdowns. Um, I think this isn't like some of those games that they struggled against teams that were improving later in the year last year where they had these those kind of one-score games that they didn't cover. I think this is more so a game where we're just going to see one team's superiority uh, shown off, not just talent-wise, but coaching-wise. Yeah, and by the way, as we've been recording this game, uh, Adam Schefter uh, breaking the news that uh, Bears starting left tackle Braxton Jones, who, by the way, Pro Football Focus has as the best player on their offensive line, which is ranked 30th in the NFL right now, um, is going on injured reserve with a neck injury. So take their best offensive lineman, their starting left tackle out of the mix, and now they got to go play the defending Super Bowl champion on the road. Give me the Chiefs by at least 12 and a half points here. So um, that is my betting lock. I We always try to stay away from the big ones, but I'm going to do it on this one. And guess what? 
You are too. We're both going with betting locks of 12 points or higher. Vegas loves us because they're about to get all of our money uh, if we actually bet these. Uh, you are going with the Cowboys, who are 12-point <laughs> favorites on the road against the Cardinals. Uh, but I can't blame you for this either. This is not uh, – I don't think we're going to have a repeat of what we saw last week with the Giants getting down 20 to nothing, uh, ultimately coming back to win that game. Cowboys are significantly better than the Giants, as we've already seen uh, in one game this season. And, again, you talk about just mismatches uh, in so many different areas. I think that's what you get here, too. So, uh, had you not picked this one, I would have considered it. Uh, because even though the Cardinals worked some magic for a little while against the Giants and were not bad against the Commanders, the Dallas Cowboys, to in my opinion, are at least um, 8 to 10 or more points yeah. probably favored against the Giants and the Commanders right now on a neutral field, which, like I said... I know the 40 nothing game in week one, but if we're just plotting it ahead. Um, so, yes, I, I think the Cowboys are the pick here. Yeah, I, don't, I, I know you may shy away from the double-digit ones. I, I tend to, to, to <laughs> le, you know, live in this area or at least close to it more often. When I start feeling like one team is just super, vastly superior to another, I, I will say the Cardinals obviously have played well in the early going. I think if if they had been playing to what people expected them to play before the season, this might have been, have been like you know when we started the podcast and it was – you know, Dolphins complete tank mode. You have Brady's Patriots. I think they were favored by like 17, one of the first games we talked about. Yeah. Um, and I think we both said we thought the Dolphins would cover. I'm pretty sure they did. But um, if we had a spread like that, you know, that, that would get a little wacky. But for me, the, this, this area with 12 to 12 and a half, I still feel a little more comfortable with because I think some of the things the Cardinals have been able to do on offense um, in the early going that have looked good just aren't going to fly against this Cowboys defense. I know that obviously they played the Giants and we saw that second half where they finally after scoring no points for six quarters kind of took off um and that you know there's a lot of weird factors that went into that game but going into the Jets game yes there's one big play uh with Garrett Wilson I just think that there's you know their ability to limit what any team wants to do running the ball is going to force them to pass more than they want to and I I don't think they're going to over the course of the game and the course of the season have as many explosives where a guy makes a play like that I, I just think the Cowboys defense is so well coached by Dan Quinn. I think I, I've really been encouraged by it's early, but encouraged by what we're seeing from Mike McCarthy as a play caller again in this Cowboys offense. And Dak seems very comfortable with it, within the offense that's being called. Um, I, it's re- way too early, as, I, as I've said, to start looking at DVOA stuff um, until we have a little more of a sample size. But if you look at the Cowboys with the number one defense and number one in both run and pass defense. Basically, everything that takes into account the quality of their opponents, and they're still dominating. I just have a feeling that they're going to, this is a game where we're going to see three turnovers or so from the Cardinals. I don't think they're going to get past um, much more than 10 to 13 points or so. And I see the Cowboys another game where they get up to in that 30 range. I think they're going to blow them out. I think they're just one of the, you know, there's a few teams that are early on that are playing really well. Um, that you could say are right up there with the Cowboys is potentially the best team in the league. But uh, right now I have a hard time saying that I have less confidence or more confidence than any other team than Dallas. So, And even what you know, this is an old NFC East rivalry when the Cardinals used to be in, um, in the NFC East from their move from St. Louis. I know there's a ton of Dallas fans in that area in the Southwest overall. So, I mean, this is going to be just like we, we see with some of the, the games that we've seen in L.A., um, with, with teams coming in there. I think this is going to be a very pro-Cowboy crowd um, that's going to make this less of a, a home uh, road game than it uh, shows up on paper. Yeah, no, this is um, there's going to be a lot of Cowboys fans there for sure. Um, all right, 
so we go with the two 12 plus point favorites as our betting locks <laughs> for this week uh some of you are enjoying that because you probably are sticking with the theme of just bet against us and that makes a lot of sense too but uh, our upsets of the week these have not gone well for me so far picking the giants in week one who lost the cowboys foot or nothing i picked the jags in week two they lost the chiefs and didn't really play well um and now i'm going to go back to something that worked towards the end of last year at various points last season i think it was early last season before the losing streak but i'm going to go back to the jets the patriots two and a half point favorites on the road to play the jets in this one and you're going to laugh at me dylan but perhaps one of the reasons why i'm going with the jets here and i know you're going to think i'm i'm lying here i'm not so we're recording this on wednesday on tuesday you know what i did I started watching Hard Knocks because I did not watch it live as it was happening. Um, And so what an experience it is to watch Hard Knocks now knowing what happened with the Aaron (laughs) Rodgers injury. Like it is just like an alternate experience here. And it is pretty wild to um, actually go back through this and watch it. Because again, I just didn't at the time, other things happening, just didn't watch it. I said, I'll go back and watch it at some point. Now we've got there. So maybe I'm just like, hey, I'm seeing this team. There's a lot to like, uh, but also I'm keeping in the back of my mind that Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback. I know what your reasoning is because uh, you're going to pick the Patriots in this one, and I think it's the same reason that I have no confidence kind of in this upset pick, and that is I could see the Patriots scoring multiple defensive touchdowns in this game uh, on a Zach Wilson interception and something else. Um, But I also can see the same outcome on the other side with the Jets' defense maybe – causing enough issues. The Patriots offense has, you know, left a little to be desired at this point. Certainly um, Mac Jones has been throwing some bombs down the field. They haven't always connected, but um, I don't know, man. I, this is, I think I'm going to pick the Jets, but like I said, this is one of those where the divisional game um, Patriots are favored on the road, which tells you a little bit of something probably, but yeah, I'll, I'll go back to the Jets one more time here, but they lose this one uh i'm i don't know that i'll be picking the jets in any upset spot the rest of the year so it's it's a really tough pick for me i think i mean these are games that i was really obviously excited for before the season and now it's just so much has been sapped out with aaron gone but also just a lot of injuries for the patriots i know i might have gone back and changed that dolphins patriots pick if i had known that they're gonna have like three missing offensive linemen and different guys that were playing but dealing with injuries uh, going into that one, in addition to all the injuries into the um, New England secondary. So I, I, it's a, two banged-up teams um, overall, uh, two teams that I think have both kind of played around the same level um, throughout the season, which is better defense, offense leaving more to, to be desired, although I think I trust New England's offense a bit more than what the Jets looked like. I, You know, I have... I, I'm not sure if it would have worked out well trying to run the football against the Dallas Cowboys, but the Jets sure as heck... You know, would have liked to see them try to to maybe at least make the Cowboys respect it somewhat to help out their quarterback, and just didn't happen. And I I do have concerns here against New England that we're going to see a similar uh, similar case of you know them just going getting a little too pass happy if it's if they don't take an early lead against this defense. I will say the Patriots defense hasn't because partially injury based hasn't been exactly as good as I thought it would be. Um, even if at times they look pretty solid against the Eagles, we saw the Eagles struggle at times moving the ball against the Vikings defense. So it's hard to say exactly what uh, with new England, how dominant that that group's going to be if they can't uh, get more healthy. I just, at the end of the day, it's, it's Zach Wilson and Hackett against Belichick. And I just have a hard time on that side of the ball, not seeing the Patriots having a few. And it's, I know it's something that 
uh, Jets fans are waiting to not happen. It, it happened last year. There was some there's turning point moments where you feel like you're finally going to get them, and one little play goes against you, one penalty call, one bounce of the ball, and I just think that the Patriots are going to have more shots at it. I think the Jets, yeah, the Jets offense right now one, down in the you know probably the bottom three, four teams of the league and how it's played in the early going. Obviously, really diff- tough test against Dallas before this, but. I don't see them coming up for air enough. So I think it's going to be a sluggish game. I won't be shocked if the Jets' defense you know, shows off and they end up being the real difference maker in this game. Uh, I think that's they're, if they're going to win this game, they're going to have to probably win it, similar to what they did in Buffalo, force some turnovers themselves, and make sure they capitalize on a few of their opportunities, maybe score themselves. It could happen. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked. Maybe this is the game where the Jets' defense shows us they are uh, a unit that can really carry this team no matter what happens on the other side. But... I feel I'm just getting a little too much deja vu of last year, and uh, similar to some of these teams, where like it's hard to imagine them as 0 and 3. I think the Patriots are one. Obviously, they hadn't started 0 and 2 since the first Brady Super Bowl year in 2001. So, finished starting 0 and 3. I, I just we'll we'll see. I, I'll believe it when I see it. I guess. Yeah, I know. That's the, the way I look at this. I'm like, am I really going to pick Belichick to start 0 and 3 with a team that's come close the first couple weeks, but just hasn't been able to pull it off? Maybe this is the spot. And I think the defense could be uh, the reason for that, but I'll go with the Jets' defense in what should be an ugly, low-scoring game, in my opinion, probably between these two. Then again, every th- I feel like every time we say that, these two just explode for you know multiple touchdowns, and um, so we'll see what happens. But all right, this next one, um, boy, Falcons at the Lions. The Lions are three and a half point favorites, and let me just say up front: if there were a betting lock that I would go with, it would be the Falcons plus three and a half. Um, but we do this based on winners and picking winners is kind of, uh, you know, a betting lock and those things and how we do our picks. But I just, I, there's no way I'd trust the Lions by more than a field goal here. I told you, I mean, I'm picking the Lions. You're, you're going to pick the Falcons, obviously, as your upset pick of the week here. But um, I don't trust the Lions after that game last week. They're banged up. They got injuries, you know, significant injuries. David Montgomery's out. Uh, Monroe St. Brown, I think, is questionable. We don't know exactly his status. Other injury, the defense just, my goodness, the defense last week, how many opportunities could they possibly give the Seahawks? Um, they gave them every chance in the world to beat them and ultimately wound up getting them uh, because that's exactly what the Seahawks did. And so, I, boy, I don't trust this defense at all, but honestly, I told you, I said this before we started recording, the Falcons are 2-0, and but I don't know that I'm fully buying the Falcons just yet. They beat up on a bad Panthers team, um, and they came back to beat the Packers, who I think are good, but probably not exactly. They're also not at full strength. Let's call it what it is with them. Yeah, Yeah, it's a coin flip game. Packers aren't at full strength. So not saying that the Falcons have not earned this 2-0 start. They have, but I just don't know. This is the game to me where whoever wins, we really start to like split our opinions off in one way or the other for both of these teams. Yeah. if the Lions fall to one and two after beating the Chiefs, then you're like, okay, that was just one of those week one weird, wacky results that happen. Um, Chiefs didn't have Travis Kelsey. That's all we chalk it up to. Lions are going to be a team that gives up a lot of points and just can't put it all together. Meanwhile, if the Falcons lose this game, um, okay, then maybe start to question the Falcons a little bit and depending on how it plays out. So I don't feel good about this one in terms of a pick. I'll pick the Lions because they're the home team. But like I said, there's no way I would bet the Lions – uh, more than a field goal in this one because I just I think Michonne Robinson's look good. Um, I think Arthur Smith, uh, game planning wise, does a really good job uh, in terms of you know against these kind of opponents. But two good offensive lines here, their offense will have a chance to to impress. And I'll take the home team, but don't love it. 
Yeah, if you love offensive line play, this is the game of the week for you for sure, (laughs) even with some of the injuries uh, that the Lions have. But, um, yeah, I just – the three and a half, like you said, is is, uh, is a little bit high for me. I think two and a half I would have felt better about um, picking the Lions uh, at least against the spread. I I think there is probably some value with the three and a half and the upset for the Falcons, but it's more so – I mean, I want to believe the Lions are going to bounce back and be better on defense, but – so far, it's early, but the injuries, they have Mosley and Kirby Joseph, a couple of guys in the secondary go down, and it already didn't look good. Um, I just, they, they also early on have struggled to defend the run, something that was a problem last year, but early on down in the, at the I think the fifth or sixth worst run defense, um, at least in EPA per play and, and DVOA-wise. Um, again, early for that DVOA number. But the Falcons, as we know, are going to run the football a lot. And I think we're just going to continue to see Bajan get more opportunities when he when he gets them. He's making highlight plays on very standard out you know zone running concepts. Um, he's looked phenomenal. The offensive line looks phenomenal. I have the hesitation, not that, like you mentioned, barely. You know, they beat a, a pretty weak Panthers team. We have the, the Packer game that could have gone either way. Without Ritter, you know, they're a team that's still not going to, at least in the uh, passing game, it doesn't, it's hard to imagine them becoming too explosive. They're still kind of have, um, not the safety, you know, not the child uh, lock on, but still kind of have a, a, a an offense being called for Ritter that is not having him push the ball down the field. And I wonder with the Lions' explosive offense if that might cost them if they're going to have to start taking chances. But the Falcons' defense early on has done a good job of limiting explosives. And I don't think, yeah, with the Montgomery injuries you mentioned, I don't know if the, the Lions are going to be able to make them pay on the ground the way that they probably would want to. Um, maybe it's maybe it won't matter if their offensive line is able to just make a difference there. But I think it's it's really the fact that the Lions' defense is so far down where I think, and I talked about this going into the season, I thought the Falcons' defense would take a step up. I don't know if, how good they really are yet, but I think they're at least pretty solid. And I could see that on the, if, the, if the Lions don't get an early lead, just them trying to come back the whole game. Maybe it will be fine, but I think the Falcons, if they're able to get a lead and play with it and run the ball more, it's going to fit well into what they want to do. Um, so I'll go with yeah, I'll go with the Falcons and upset in a game that I think is closer to a coin flip um, than three and a half. I still, you know, this is a game that could go either way, and would love to see the Lions' defense have a better outing. Maybe this is the game where they'll, where they'll do it. Maybe I'm wrong, and it won't matter who they have running the football. They'll, they'll get things going, but um, I just think the the Falcons' off uh, run game. Ultimately, is going to punish that Detroit. Maybe keeps Detroit's offense off the field, and Arthur Smith gets this Falcons team to three and zero. And I'm starting to feel better about my my our well our playoff pick <laughs> of the Falcons, but also uh, picking them to win the division. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is another. I think what should be among the most entertaining games of the week. Although it seems like the Lions are always in that conversation yeah, now, 100%. based on whether that's for for better or worse for for Lions fans. But they're always in uh, these kind of games. Seems like all right, we go to our quick picks. We move through these. A little bit quicker here as we've got, uh, again, everybody on the board. We start with the Thursday night game, Giants at the 49ers. Niners are 10-point favorites here. Again, I placed um, three bets this week already. This is one of them. Uh, Niners minus 10. I just with – with the Giants without Saquon Barkley, we saw what happened against the Cardinals. I know it's kind of that one game, anything can happen in the NFL type scenario, but yeah. I just do not trust this offense at all. I don't trust the Giants against a good team. That's kind of what it comes down to. And yep. um, I mean, look, that's that's been the theme, right, over the past couple seasons going back to last year. Um, you know, they got blown out in some of those games against good teams. I know they made the playoffs one game. I get it. But um, <laughs> we talked about the Vikings. The Vikings were just one of those teams that, yeah, probably were not as good as their record indicated. Uh, and so 
I think the Giants to me have to prove it against good teams, and um, so far, kind of again, recent history suggests that that doesn't happen. And now you take away their best offensive player. I don't know how I couldn't pick the 49ers uh, by at least 10 points in this game. Yeah, I feel like I should have made this maybe the lock. I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna double up on on the double digit locks, but this feels yeah. like maybe the biggest. Um, well, we'll see with how the Cardinals play, but one of the bigger gaps between where the teams are at, like you mentioned, just don't trust the Giants against good teams. Uh, they made that great comeback against a team that yeah we ultimately think will be among the league's worst by the end of the season, even if they've played better early on. And the Niners obviously had a, a tougher test against the Rams. So I don't know if that's a negative uh, really on what the what the Niners are doing as a team. None of the advanced stats seem to show that uh, EPA-wise, DVOA-wise, early going. It seems to say more about potentially what the Rams might be able to do, at least as a as a, as a like, frisky team, I guess you could say, yeah. uh, in the NFC. But um, I think the Niners are still dominant. I, th- I think against bad, not bad teams, I don't think the Giants are going to end up among the league's worst, but I, I really thought they might regress record-wise from a year ago. Much tougher schedule. This is one of those tougher scheduled games than they had a year ago. Um, I think the Niners will uh, they get their home opener finally after playing the first two games away, even if you kind of call it a home sub home opener down in LA, but uh, I think the Niners are just a superior team that's going to be able to do anything they want when they have the football. Um, Brock Purdy missed a couple throws, but that again, some plays where he's getting thrown off platform. I don't think the Giants pass rush is going to be able to do the same things um, in this game. And uh, yeah, their run defense is among the league's worst in the early going. I think it's just going to be a long day for Giants fans and makes that victory for New York all the more important last week. So they weren't going to fall to 0-3 here. Yeah, that was a big comeback because this will be a challenge against this Niners team. All right, Titans at the Browns. Browns are three-point favorites in this one. Obviously, for the Browns, the Nick Chubb injury out for the season. Jerome Ford seems to be the guy moving forward, although they just re-signed Kareem Hunt, which I think we all expected uh, was a real possibility after Chubb's injury. (laughs) Sean Watson has not been great so far. and, you know, Browns lose this game uh, against the Steelers. And, yeah, I don't – I mean, this is another one where I think it's, you know, Titans able to bounce back after that close loss to New Orleans in week one. They they beat the Chargers. I mean, to me, this is more of like the Browns are three-point favorites because they're the home team. If this was the opposite, Titans probably would be three-point favorites to me. So um, I think it's kind of all about that scenario. And I think this is another one. I think I checked the weather in this one, Dylan. Um, I'm going to check it again. And again, if you, we already thought this could be kind of a sloppy type game. Okay, well, never mind now. So it looks like the weather's actually going to be a little bit uh, better than expected. But nonetheless, I just I can't say I trust either team at this point. So in that scenario, you know what I'm doing. I'm picking the home team. I'll take the Browns. Yeah, it's a man, I had a tough time with this one because basically every anytime I thought I could find an edge for one team, the other team does that, uh, that particular thing very well. Both teams def- in the early going defending the run quite well. Both offenses very run heavy. Um, I'd say that the one potential place you could attack the, the Titans through the air, I, I don't know if the Browns have it in them, as you mentioned, with what Deshaun's looked like in this passing game in the early going. I thought some of the receivers made some good plays, some just slight misses with guys that were barely out of bounds on a number of key conversion moments. I thought Elijah Moore looked pretty solid at times. Cooper obviously played through that injury, and I thought he had a a fairly solid game. So maybe a a few fine-tuning things, like you mentioned. I think the weather being a bit better in this, unlike the the Bengals game, maybe helps the the Browns out. Maybe a a really sloppy, rainy game. We'll see what the the forecast changes. Like you mentioned, I, I looked it up on 
on here on just Google's uh, Weather Channel stuff, and it, it shows sunny. But then on the AccuWeather on the ESPN <laughs> app, I see rain. So we'll uh-huh. we'll see. Um, but nonetheless, I, I think ultimately the Browns' defense has just been so good, and if they just they, we'll see how restrictive. And not that Stefanski was really having a game plan that was over the top, trying to be aggressive. But some of those bounces that went against him in Pittsburgh, I mean, I don't know if those things are going to happen every week. And the fact that the Steelers had, like, negative yardage or whatever in the fourth quarter, never got in the whole game inside the 30-yard line, obviously had the touchdown that they uh, on offense, the one offensive touchdown they scored was the long one. Um, I don't know if the same explosion, again, will be the, could happen here with the Titans, possibly. But I think the Browns' defense, even with – they. So many injuries. That's an injury report to follow going into this week. It wasn't just Nick Chubb. Obviously, the heart and soul of that team losing him is going to be just so costly for a number of reasons. But uh, the secondary also had, I think, Greedy went down. Greedy Williams with an injury at one point. Delpit might have missed a little time. At one point. There was a couple guys, at least in that secondary, that I'm like, these guys are major contributors that are having some injuries pop up. Um, but ultimately, that defense still looked pretty mighty. So I'm going to go with the Browns. But I, you know, if if Deshaun turns it over a couple times and the Titans defense gets their pass rush going, their defensive line is ferocious, and we really saw losing what losing Conklin meant and having that rookie at right tackle it made a, a couple really big plays in the game where losing um, those guys on the offensive line for the Browns ends up costing them. Maybe that will be the case here against Tennessee too. Uh, I, it's going to be a sloppy game, I think, even if the weather's nice. Yeah, I think that's fair. On that one. All right, Colts at the Ravens. Ravens, seven-and-a-half-point favorites uh, in this game. Um, and I think the line that's been moving down a little bit. But I, I think Anthony Richardson playing would make this a lot more interesting. Um, yep. I told you, I, I think, I don't obviously Anthony Richardson, the concussion, and don't know if he's going to play. And um, you know, he's gotten hurt in the first, first couple games of his career now, and everybody's kind of talked about he's going to have to protect himself better and all that because we know the type of player he is. Uh, and still, if he stays on the field, I've seen enough so far to think that he um, can be the real deal here. But without him, um, nothing against Gardner Minshew, but this is a, a challenge on the road against the Ravens who, um, you know, look, bounce back in a <laughs> bounce back from what I didn't think was a great performance in week one against the Texans. It was, you know, no. they, they beat them, but yeah. didn't think it was that great. But then they go on and, and beat the Bengals on the road in a game where everyone seemed to think that the Bengals were ready to bounce back after their brutal performance in week one didn't happen Ravens win and they come back with a lot of confidence here and I think pick up the a fine victory against the Colts yeah it, it would be a, I, I know before we started recording yeah if Richardson was for sure playing would have like been a frisky uh, game of the week just in terms of how fun it could be to watch what, what that you know early on we saw it just then within two drives against Houston the offense definitely with with Steichen's game plan and him at the head of it, it, it looks great. They're scheming guys wide open when Gardner Minshew was in the game. So I still think there's some encouraging. If I'm a Colts fan, I'm feeling pretty good about my coach and hire early on. Um, obviously, a lot of other things still in play with the Jonathan Taylor situation with just a roster that's not necessarily at the, the place it was in years past. But Quentin Nelson looked, uh, has looked pretty good in the early going, much healthier. So there's some positive things to be said about the Colts. But I think this is more about the Ravens ultimately with the pick, picking the Ravens to win this game. I think they on both sides of the ball, they're, they look like potentially a top 10 offense and defense. I think the passing game last week, really encouraging stuff. 
a lot of the advanced numbers are showing that Lamar's making as one of the highest EPA for dropback guys when he stays in the pocket, which is not something that everyone always assumes with him. We, I know on this podcast, we're very pro Lamar and have always been kind of on, on the, on the side of this guy's a great uh, throw of the football. And I think you're seeing it a little bit more right now. He's got some talented players around him. I think the Colts defense still is, uh, even if it's played pretty well in the early going, I still think against the pass, uh, fairly a little more mediocre and I don't think they're going to get generate the pressure they're able to against the Houston offense line that was just completely injured last week um I think against Baltimore it's going to be a bigger struggle and I think the Ravens will win this game and might be another one where I regret not considering it for a lock here with Richardson likely not to play yeah Broncos at the Dolphins Dolphins six and a half point favorites in this one this is an interesting game because I I've looked around I see a lot of people talking about um you know, it's, I'm trying to remember where I saw this, but like luck rankings and those kind of things. Broncos have been pretty unlucky first couple of games when you think about just how those two games kind of played out against the Raiders and the Commanders. But um, also got a little lucky, I would say, uh, in the final stretch there against the Commanders. But now they got to go play the Dolphins, um, who are another team that, you know, certainly had some bounces go their way too uh, in the first couple of weeks. But Listen, if you're talking about who you're placing your confidence in here, the Dolphins are six-and-a-half-point favorites in this game at home. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there were some initial thoughts that Sean Payton just come in and work all the magic for the Broncos and everything would kind of be perfect um, eventually, but eventually is not here yet. Uh, and, yeah, I just the Broncos' defense hasn't been very good, uh, and that's been a little surprising, I think, for some people. So, um, you know, I don't know. Just, I, I think to me – Seeing the Broncos lose to the Commanders, who I you know would have thought the Broncos were better than uh, at home, that's just one where how how can I possibly pick them against the Dolphins on the road here? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I have a hard time. It's less about what Denver's been. Like you said, I think they've been a little bit unlucky, although they did get obviously quite lucky on that last little bounce um, there for the Hail Mary. I think the defense has looked not at nearly as good as I had hoped going into the year. Obviously, a lot of that not just – the first game against the Raiders is one thing, and it's like, all right, they only gave up 17 points. But to give up that figure to Washington, even if you think that Sam Howell has something cooking in the enemy in that whole unit, I, I still wouldn't say I would come away from that feeling great about where that defense is at this point. There are a lot of questions um, that did not – as a, I played that, them on defense last week in fantasy and did not go well for me. So <laughs> um, I, that's part of it. And it's just more so about what the Dolphins are doing, man. Their offense is ridiculous. They're at the top of, again, early DVOA numbers, but still number one pass offense and run offense in DVOA. Defense hasn't been perfect, but at least uh, a little more manageable against the pass. Um, against a Denver team that so far on you know when they have the football has put up some points obviously um, a couple games that yeah they obviously it's hard to say they're unlucky or not unlucky when they've lost by a combined three points um, I think they have been able to run and maybe that will keep this game a little closer than the spread is if Denver is able to run the football effectively and put up um, put up a few uh, and take you know keep Tua and that explosive offense off the field but man I just I love Mike McDaniel. Love everything that's been happening there. Um, tried to be a little, you know, go with that upset pick last week. I'm not going to pick <laughs> against the Dolphins for a bit, I think. Um, I just, uh, you know, they're going to have some tough games where maybe I'll have to. But two was looked fantastic. We talked about that last episode. Talk about guys in just total EPA through two weeks. He's number one by a large margin among all quarterbacks in the league. Uh, that's the true media EPA. I know other it kind of fluctuates depending on the site you look at. So, I mean, he's been an unreal that offense has been unreal, and I haven't seen enough from Denver's defense to think they're not going to uh, keep uh, – they're going to actually slow them down too much. 
Yeah. I think that's fair. And this one, all right, this game, Bills the Commanders. Bills, six and a half point favorites uh, in this one. Yeah, you were, you and I were talking about this one before. I said this was the third game of the week I've already bet, and I bet the Bills six and a half point favorites on the road here uh, just because I think the Commanders are one of those teams that are not as good as their record indicates, and I don't think anyone would really disagree with that. Um, they beat the Cardinals, and they had the, like we said, uh, some bounces go their way to beat the Broncos, who are not two very good teams right now. And so I, I think this is one where – I still feel like people are a little hesitant on the Bills after what happened in week one, but I think we saw in week two that when they turn it on, they can really turn it on. And I know, though, this is a big step up in terms of defense. For the Commanders, they've got Chase Young back. Um, they'll be able to do some things here. And, again, I'm just like – I'm envisioning how this game's going to play out, and, like, I can see one of these, like, you know, Commanders get an early defensive touchdown. They they go up, like, you know, 17-3 to three or something at halftime, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, boy, bad news here. Uh, but then I can see Allen kind of leading the charge in the second half, and the Bills come back and win by a field goal or something. Um, so I'm picking the Bills to win this one, but I do think even though I bet this already and with the thinking that this number is going to go up, um, I, I can see this being a much closer game. And I can't say that I, I am just completely ignoring the possibility that this is one of those games that we see in the NFL where the commanders come out and all of a sudden find a way to win this thing. Um, Sam Howell plays the game of his life or something. And um, a lot of bounces go their way like they have so far. And, uh, but I just, I can't pick it though. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's that part where it's like, can I actually pick this versus what do I think might happen? I think at least looking at, the weather there at, at FedEx Field might be a little rainy. It could have a sloppy field. That field overall, I know they got new ownership. Maybe things will change, but it's always been kind of a sloppy surface in Washington. Maybe that does help uh, play into their favor. I think, yeah, this is an interesting game. I'm picking the, the Bills. I, I think they're just a better team, but I, I think there's a chance that Washington at least sticks around. We see what they are made of. Um, I, obviously, that comeback in Denver and what they're able to do with Sam Howell and what overall that offense has looked like. I think this is a bigger test, though. I think this Buffalo is a better team, but if Washington comes out of this game, kind of like the Rams last week we talked about, if they could just stay in it until the fourth quarter with the Niners, you, you feel pretty good about what they're starting to do. I think the same thing could be said about Washington. I think this is a game I'm going to be pretty glued into because I want to see also if Buffalo can build on what they just did with their blowout win over the Raiders going back on the road um, against a tougher defense. Um, we'll see, but I, more, one of the more intriguing games, uh, sneaky intriguing game here between the Bills and Commanders. Saints at the Packers. Packers, two-point favorites in this game. Uh, another one I think we're kind of, what do you do with this game? Um, two teams, I think, with a lot to prove still, uh, even though the Saints are 2-0. and Packers lost one against the Falcons. feel like they should have won. Um, and now the Packers come back home. I just... To me, this is kind of still about trust, and you said it before we started recording. I, I, I'm, I can't say that I don't maybe still have some trust issues with Derek Carr in this kind of setting. I know they beat the Panthers, but the Panthers could be the, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, and so I think the Packers getting a little healthier perhaps. I saw that Christian Watson was back in you know individual drills at least uh, practice. Don't know if he'll play, but um, I think that could be sort of a boost here uh, for the Packers. So I'll take the Packers, probably a field goal type game either way. Yeah, I think the Packers' defense, I know some th- they gave up some points, and at times fans frustrated with some of the play calls on crucial third, fourth down situations against Atlanta being a little too light. Um, against the Saints, I'm not sure if they're going to be, if that same thing is going to happen. I think they might be a little more aggressive. 
And like you said, it just comes down to, with Derek, I'm not fully sold on what we've seen from that offense. I know there's some encouraging things to think about the Panthers' defense um, as a unit, especially against the pass. Uh, still a team that, despite some improvements as a run defense last year, seems early on to have regressed there a bit. Um, but, yeah, it's a it's a pick game for – I mean, there's a reason it's only a two-point spread. I think we're still kind of learning about both these teams. But I uh, have been encouraged by a lot of the schematic stuff that we've seen put together – by Matt LaFleur, obviously not having Aaron Jones played a big role in some of the things I think they would have potentially won. And I know there's whatever value about running backs, but I really could tell they were missing him. I think in this one, though, the passing game and what they might be able to do, it's a tough matchup. The Saints secondary and overall pass defense has been really stout in the early going against a Packers team that has opened up some uh, things concept-wise. So really a fun chess match between Dennis Allen's defense and the Packers offense, but I think, and what Matt LaFleur is doing, but I think it's the other side where I think the Packers defense has been okay, even if they didn't have the most encouraging final result against Atlanta. And I think they're going to be the reason ultimately that maybe the Saints offense struggles to move the ball on enough uh, to the point that the Packers uh, eke this one out. Texans at the Jags. Jags, nine and a half point favorites uh, in this game. Um, yeah, feels like a nice bounce back spot for the Jags. I think the Texans, surprising, I was listening to a podcast uh, the other day, Dylan, and I keep looking at it, how interesting it is that how fast the Texans' offense is playing, like how many plays they're getting yeah. per game, and that is kind of wild to think about because I don't know that we actually looked at the Texans like that coming into the season because we didn't know what to expect from this offense. But T.J. Stroud and company um, definitely getting some plays in here, but I don't know that it's going to matter in this one on the road against the Jacks. Yeah, we earlier talked to mention kind of the banged up offensive line there, which has kind of underscored how when he has time, how solid at times yeah. Stroud has looked. Um, it's just, I, I don't know, against a, a Jacksonville front that has been pretty dang good in the early going. I think if, you know, some of the things for this team on offense haven't clicked fully, I, I think if you're a Jaguars fan, you have to be encouraged by your defense. The fact that you only give up 17 points to the, the Chiefs, and obviously a lot of that had to do with turnovers, turnovers and downs, things like that, that gave the Chiefs shorter fields. I thought they've, I think they've looked really good on that side. Um, and I think they're going to generate enough of a pass rush here. I don't think the, the run defense has been stout enough that I don't think Houston can exploit them there so maybe a game that you would have on paper before the season i might have looked at this and thought all right this might be kind of high scoring now i do not think that's the case um i think the jaguars are a better team i'll pick them but some interesting stuff from stroud if maybe this is a game where we're like okay the, if we if you see them if they're able to buy them some time scheme them some things up maybe the texans keep this one closer than the spread yeah top five in pass attempts and passing yards so far this season so um, of course, they've been playing from behind the ball quite a quick. bit. Yep. Yeah, and getting the ball out quick. thats That's been nice, too. So, all right, Panthers, the Seahawks. Seahawks, six-point favorites in this game. Bryce Young looks like uh, injury didn't practice on Wednesday. Therefore, not as though I was going to pick the Panthers to start with. But to me, this swings the things way back in the favor of the Seahawks here. Uh, if you had any sort of thought of picking the, the upset, if Bryce Young doesn't play, I don't see it happening. I don't see it, play it happening even if he does. Seahawks get a big win at Detroit, and I think they bounce back here with another big win here. Yeah, it's a game where I'm going to pick Seattle, but, I mean, the Panthers, it's more so, I think, about what the Panthers on offense look like. Their receivers just aren't creating separation. Mm -hmm. When when they are open, it seems like Bryce is finding them, but just no one's getting open consistently through two games against defenses that, yeah, the Saints and Falcons might end up having solid units there. And I, I can't say that I still think Seattle's defense is going to be that good based on what we've seen uh, in their first two games, especially in the against the pass. But they're just a better team um, at this point and at home. 
I just it's going to take some time for Carolina, I think, to, to figure out this offense. Uh, maybe if the game was later in the season, maybe Carolina has some things cooking. But at this point, I have a hard time selecting them after we saw the Seahawks bounce back well um, and, and put up some points. And I think that Seattle will continue to do so in this game. Yeah, I think Dan Orlovsky was pointing that out on the broadcast on the Monday night game. He's like, for everybody out there yelling about Bryce Young, watch this replay. Who's open? Who can he throw it to? Where is yeah, this? Exactly. There is no separation. These guys are... What is he supposed to do? Like, so, yeah, I think that was definitely a glaring part against the Saints. But it's the Saints, too. They're pretty good uh, defensively. Steelers at the Raiders. Speaking of defenses. Um, Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Um, obviously, Steelers coming off uh, a defensive performance against the Browns was pretty good. Got a touchdown out of it. Um, created havoc, as usual. And I, th- I still think it's a pretty good spot for the Steelers' defense in this matchup. Um, you know, I don't know how threatening the Raiders' offense is right now, even to this point, Dylan, certainly not after – you know, the game against Buffalo, even against Denver, right? I mean, Jacoby Myers caught a couple touchdowns in that first game, but I'm still not looking at this Raiders offense as something, even with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. But, yeah, you know, it's still one that I don't know. How many points can they put up against the Steelers? I say all that to tell you that I'm picking the Raiders. Um, but I this is another one where there's a reason this is a field goal or less type game. And I'm going to pick the Raiders as the home team, but mm, I kind of don't pick the Steelers, but I really can't right now based on my lack of confidence in that Steelers offense. I think I'm going to flip this one. I think I got to I got to do it because I I we got to have I was looking at it again that was once again we had two different picks so I'm like all right what's one that I might think about and even if I initially looked at this game in Vegas on on Sunday night I think there's going to be a lot of there I believe it's yeah the Raiders home opener as well um, some of these teams have the week three ones there's going to be a ton of excitement probably a lot of Steelers fans though as well they yep. travel great and want to go to a game in Vegas and spend the weekend there. So I think the crowd just overall is going to be great. Um, it's going to be a fun atmosphere. I would have loved to have gone to this game. But in terms of the what we're looking at with the units, it is uh, not as not as exciting as maybe before the season. I think the Steelers right now, DVOA-wise, offense last. Raiders defense second to last. So when the Steelers have the ball, it is going to be a rock fight. Um, maybe they'll be able to have some more success, though, against the Raider team. That Yeah, maybe in the early and week one, did some good things, really came back down to earth against a Bills team. It's a game where I'm not so sure about that side. It, for me, the reason I flip it, though, just comes to the Steelers' defense. I think there's only – it's kind of a thing I've done over the last few years with these picks. If there's units on overall on both side, on both teams that three of the four are I'm not that sold on, but one I am, I'm like, I am I'll sometimes go with that, that one. So I'm going to yeah. go with the, the Steelers' defense just being disruptive. I know that they're going to scheme some things up to to limit that with the with what Josh McDaniels has done, but I think we saw the Bills' defense. Obviously, even if you think they're going to be better than Pittsburgh's, I thought they did a lot of good things and, and showed exploited some of the weaknesses the Raiders have. I think the Steelers will be watching that, um, and maybe just be with the uh, if the uh, offense just doesn't turn the ball over as they didn't in this game against the uh, Browns on Monday night. Maybe they'll they'll come away with the win. I think it's it's definitely a coin flip game. I mean, the spread is right there. If this game's in Pittsburgh, they're probably slightly favored. I think ESPN's uh, Pro Football Power Index has it fifty point eight to the Raiders, forty eight point eight to the Steelers. So mm-hmm. I'll go with Pittsburgh's defense finding a way again to get this team to two and one despite um, the fire Matt Canada chance continuing to rain down. Yes, well, I did make the Steelers defense. I suggested play in this week's uh, start 'em sit 'em yep. uh, for defenses uh, clutch points, but we'll talk about that. Uh, in just a minute. All right, this game a lot more interesting than we thought it would be. The Eagles, five-point favorites on the road at the Bucks, who are still unbeaten uh, in the Baker-Mayfield era as yes. uh, they beat the Bears in Week 2, obviously coming off the win at the Vikings in Week 1. 
Eagles, you know, I, I think everybody's kind of had the same thought about the Eagles still. And they haven't been as dominant, but you know what? They're still 2-0. and um, Seems like there's been a little regression, um, you know, look offensively and those kind of things. But, yeah, I mean, it's just hard, though, to pick against them <laughs> because I'm like, yeah. I, I want to say the Bucks are – I do still think the Bucks are – are way better than I than I would give them credit for, and and I think they're still going to be a team that will be right there in the mix. I don't know if they just completely go in the opposite direction unless again Baker just hits a complete cold streak, which can happen. As of right now, though, he's the third highest graded quarterback this season through two weeks um, by Pro Football Focus. So it's like, hey, I'm going to lean into that for now, uh, and I think this is interesting and kind of a prime time type game. But um, I just you know again, this is trust kind of thing, and I just trust the Eagles more here. Yeah, I'm picking the Eagles as well. I, for Tampa, like we talked about after the week one game like over the Vikings, any number of like three, four things that happened, Minnesota pulls that one out. They had a, a little more luck in that one compared to the Bears game. And I just want to see, I still am encouraged, yeah, as, as a playoff contender in an NFC that I think is wide open for those wild card spots and even the division that they're in. Sure, uh, they, potentially there, there's something that could be done there. I think the defenses look better than I expected with a lot of the, the guys that are the mainstays. Uh, that have been there for years since they won the Super Bowl, that are playing at a really high level. I think they have a lot of um, – the, the doubt has definitely inspired them to an extent. Um, but I just think the Eagles are a better football team, and I want to see that offense for Tampa do it against a tougher defense, which I just don't – You know, we, we know what's going on um, with the Bears on that side of the football, as we've talked about at length. Um, the Vikings defense may be a, a little bit better against the pass. We saw them at times be okay, but still – getting exploited on the ground. I don't know. I just think it's a, a game where I have a hard time seeing, like, unless Baker just continues to cook at a crazy rate, um, the Eagles' run defense has definitely been better than their pass defense. So maybe there is an opening for Tampa to make this a game. And, yeah, that's why I didn't really consider it as a lock. I need a little more time before I uh, get back to that place with the Eagles. But I, I still think they're, at the end of the day, a better football team and will find a way to win. All right, this game I think actually might be the most intriguing game of the week. Uh, that is the Rams at the Bengals, you know, Super Bowl rematch from a couple of seasons ago. Of course, the difference here is we don't know if Joe Burrow is going to play. The Bengals are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. <laughs> I told Dylan earlier, I said, boy, you want to talk about somebody who likes to make bets. When I saw this number at like six or six-and-a-half when this thing opened up, and I'm like, all right, I'll get the Rams. Clearly, you know, this is a terrible number. Like, if you think Burrow's hurt, the Bengals are 0-2, the Rams – still look pretty good even though they lost to the Niners um I'm like man this number is way too high. I'll get I'll get it when it moves down a little bit well now it's way down as we said to two and a half and may go even further down depending on Burrow's status Rams may be the favorite by the time this thing starts who knows um so I'm, I'm picking the Rams here I mean this is again I said all that I mean we talk about the numbers if Burrow doesn't play I don't know how I could pick the Bengals if he does play I can't imagine he's 100% Dylan and I just think the Rams I know they lost to the Niners, but you know what? They always lose to the Niners, right? When it comes to these regular season type games. And um, I don't know, man. I, I just, I think the Rams are, are finding some things that are working here. Uh, and I know it's coming off a loss, but I still see a lot of what I like, or like a lot of what I've seen from Stafford, obviously Puka and what he's done. Tutu Atwell, I think has been good. Um, Kyron Williams, you know, is the guy now we know since they're trying to tr- trade Cam Akers. So I think the Rams have figured some things out offensively. And if you had, you know, if you think there are issues defensively, if they're going up against a Bengals team that doesn't have Joe Burrow under center, I just think it all sets up really well for the Rams here. So I'm going to take them on the road to send the Bengals to 0-3. Yeah, Rams offense still relatively healthy. I do think they're a team that if a couple, without a couple guys, and this goes for a lot of teams, but 
yeah, very different story of what to expect there. But so far, it looks like Noteboom, the right guard that went in, uh, missed a, the later part of the game when they started struggling to move the ball against the Niners. He's going to be back uh, playing in this one. Everyone should be set to go on that side. So it's a concern with what the, we've seen from this early going of the Cincinnati's defense. I think they'll figure some things out. But this offense of line for the Rams is, is definitely taking a step forward, moving guys on that Niners front, which is not something even when they were a much better team than they are now, winning a Super Bowl and competing for years before that as a contender in the NFC. I, I think this is one of the a really physical upfront line that I just don't see them having the same struggles they did in the Super Bowl, for example, trying to run the football um, against Cincinnati. Um, the, the Bengals definitely a little a lot to be desired with their pass defense in particular. So I think the Rams are going to put up some points. Um, it's the other side that I would have probably picked the Bengals still because I as even if the Rams defense did had it got a few stops, and I think they're really well coached. Still a talent gap uh, to an extent, even if you are really excited, as I am, about Kobe Turner and Byron Young on that defense line. I think those guys, have, as rookies, have just immediately made an impact. Um, I still think the secondary needs some work as a, a whole unit. So it's like I, I would think that the Bengals would have an edge, but it's just right now not knowing what Burrow's health is. And even if, yeah, even with that, uh, they got some things going later in the game against Baltimore, but still a team that I don't think can take advantage of the you know running on a Rams defense that is – uh, still probably vulnerable there. Did figure, again, some things okay out at times against the Niners. So, yeah, I'll go with the Rams. I don't know if I love this. This is probably going to blow up right in my face. But um, I just I want I, – it's hard for me to have see imagine a world that the Bengals are 0-3, obviously. Pick them to, to win that division and to uh, thought of them briefly, you know, consider, that, all right, is this the year they get back to the Super Bowl? Um, before picking the Chiefs, and I, man, it's it's <laughs> tough to still pick the Bengals to fall to 0-3, but I'm going to do it, and I won't be shocked if they prove me wrong and Burrow comes back and they're able to move the ball, but uh, interesting test for the Rams. Let's see how consistent they can stay on offense. They're they're going to can they're going to have to continue scoring points um, and, and not turning the ball over. Those turnovers end up being the reason they lose to the Niners. Yep, should be a good game. I'm looking forward to this one. This is definitely one of the, the top ones on my list for this week, just to see how it plays out. For both teams. But there you go. There are picks for week three in the NFL. Of course, Dylan got it all covered over Clutch Points uh, to get everybody ready for the action. So let everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, you can go to the Clutch Points app uh, to the NFL section to follow all of these games as they happen. All of the updates, news, rumors, uh, fantasy advice, all that stuff. Go to the fantasy section of the website. Blake, yeah, with your some uh, solid stardom sit articles. They're going to help me make decisions, especially for my uh, defense in particular, I think. It's always a week-to-week one where I... <laughs> I've found myself now back where I was hoping I might not be. Um, but, yes, follow, find all that in the fantasy section of Clutch Points' website, also the NFL section. Yeah, every update, every rumor we got, obviously covering the Kareem Hunt signing, where Cam Akers might end up, if he even gets traded, if he gets cut, some potential signing spots, all that good stuff you can find at ClutchPoints.com. Yep, uh, some some interesting stuff this week on the defenses and uh, picking some spots for Cam Akers, which uh, we'll see what happens uh, there with him. So check it all out at Clutch Points. Any podcast app you use, search for Establish the Pass. And thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast. Podcast. Yes.